Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokong Wei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. 
collab way which I mentioned earlier is an open source hub of specialized prompts created by experts. So the aim here is to work with multiple partners in multiple verticals, bring them in and create one place where all of these prompts can be found in a single click. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baityong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. I've finally got this guy. Man, I've, been, I've known this guy for a very long time. A very good friend of mine. And finally, we've been talking hustle share stuff before I even started this podcast. And finally, we can get to immortalize your hustle here. But before I get carried away, I need to, to welcome Mr. Jonathan Chu of Brandrip. Whoop, whoop. Welcome Hello, to Ron. the show, bro. How's nice, nice to be here. Nice yes, to be here. Again. Very, very happy we're doing this Uh We've known each other for a while. We've seen each other thrive and struggle and everything else in between. And again, if there's a person that I really look up to and admire for the strength of being vulnerable and sharing this lesson, that's got to be you. But before we get too emotional right now, okay, I need you to real quick and buckle up because before we go to the time machine, I need to ask you the million dollar question. John, what's your hustle? My current goal is really to help businesses transform with AI. I think there is a huge shift in the way things are being done. Uh, everything from a revenue perspective, driving revenue to making a business more operational efficient. It's something that I'm uh, very passionate about and I've been helping some businesses uh, take the next step towards AI. And that's amazing. And I totally agree. Um, you, you were there when we, I started doing my very prehistoric AI hustle when, when Chatbot PH. You're you're actually there, right at the thick of Party File when Party File failed. So you've seen me struggle, and you've seen me also thrive in Chatbot PH. And again, AI is not just it's not a new thing. This has been brewing under yes. for a long time now. Yes. But now it's gone mainstream. It's now the flavor of the month in the tech ecosystem. It ha- it was for a bit, and then mm-hmm. now it's it's back up. That's the, the 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 main topic now that changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, I think the, uh, whole the the whole prompt, uh, the whole prompt engineering, and the whole uh, shift towards prompting versus uh, coding has really changed the game and made AI a lot more accessible to the normal to non technical people. Because before you needed Python or whatever yep. to be able to benefit from it, and the the tools also have gotten a lot more powerful. So absolutely, it's uh it's pretty amazing what. What uh, OpenAI has pulled off, and and uh, the various other players are have pulled off uh, subsequently. Uh, after which, yeah. All right. So before we get in deep uh, into the realm of AI, I need you to buckle up real quick. Mm-hmm. We've been driving since earlier this morning. I know. But now we it's gotta go into another journey into the intergalactic multiverse of you, because okay. we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine. <sighs> All right, and we're all the way back to Singapore in the 80s and the 90s. So there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> MBS wasn't there yet. All no, right. it wasn't. All right, so it's just a, a big bay with a lot of nothing in it, right? But I want to understand. So John is, a, is, is easily my best 
Singaporean friend. There's a lot of Singaporean friends that I have, but he's, he's number one. Then everybody else competes after that. But okay, um, growing up in Singapore, John, again, Singapore is obviously the financial hub of Southeast Asia. There's a distinct hustle that you can feel in the air when you go to Singapore. That's why I love it. Just like, oh man, everybody's fucking busy out here. But I want to understand what was it like growing up for you? And what were your first exposures through hustling that you've probably experienced or you've learned from someone that you grew up with? I think uh, Singaporeans in general are, are generally very uh, industrious. We tend to work hard. We tend to be very efficient. Mm -hmm. Like even when you look at the transportation system, right? Mm -hmm. Everything just moves. Everything just works. So that's that. Even your nasi lemak is uh, <laughs> in a packet yep. that you can eat. Isn't it? Isn't it like that here? Uh, yeah, but some people still like to dine in in a career uh, okay. yeah, and, and compete, right? Yeah. If you talk about hustle and being efficient, I think uh, Singaporeans in general they tend to have a level of uh, efficiency from a from a from that kind of hustle, right? But I think from an uh, entrepreneur standpoint, uh, I got inspired very early on by, you know, people like Robert Kiyosaki, your, wow. uh, your Les Browns, the early yeah. inspirational, motivational speakers, uh, Anthony Robbins, uh, wow. you, you know, uh, movement creates emotion, that yep. kind of stuff. But the one thing I didn't have when I was growing up was I didn't have, I had motivation. Okay and desire, but I didn't have structure. So the structure came later, okay. you know, much later, in fact, very recently, okay. because uh, entrepreneurship actually teaches you to, to go, right? Yeah. But you may not know how to do it the best yeah. possible. It's way. ready, fire, aim yeah. all the time. It's not, yeah, not ready. It, it's not always uh, not always the best approach. Let's Correct. say, yeah. But that's how we're wired majority of the time. But I want to understand now, John, just was it really clear for you that you were going to become an entrepreneur first. And again, walk me through your experiences. It's probably your first hustle was probably doing side hustling in high school, college. What was that like? And when did the entrepreneurship bug hit you? I think um, I kind of fell into it. My first gig that you could consider somewhat entrepreneurship, solopreneurship, okay. was actually personal training. Because wow. I, yeah. I Macho, <laughs> there. You, by the way, if you're, just, this is one of those guys that even if he hits his fault, it, I will apologize. Okay, he's just too macho for me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't have with this guy. You know, mm -hmm. he's 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 macho. But okay, so personal training. Yeah, and you were doing this. What 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 phase of your life? Like uh, twenty one. Wow. Thereabout. So um, so this was like freelance personal training. I was actually contracted by Fitness First. But wow. it was like an independent contractor. Now it now your body makes sense because I'm always like, was this his, his outlet? Yeah. It is my was, outlet. Okay. I'll come to that later. <laughs> but yeah, it still is. It still is. Uh, yeah. Typically, if you see, if you look at someone who, anyone who knows me, and if you see that I'm in good shape, I'm in a good mental state. Nice. If you see I'm in terrible shape, I lost a lot of weight or I got overweight, uh -huh. uh, I'm typically not in a good mental state. Man. So you can actually see. I wish I can say that Whether I'm too. up or down. But whether I'm in a good health, uh, mental state or in a bad mental state, I'm always in you, a good mood to eat. That, <laughs> so am I. It's just <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. So in that in that said, bro, um, you were you got into the fitness game. Yeah. Obviously, you can't teach fitness if you if you didn't do that well for yourself. How yeah. did that discipline develop and that obsession? Because always there's. 
I respect athletes because as, as an athlete, whatever your sport is, whatever, requires a lot of repetition and a lot of pain for you to yeah. be able to do that. And to the point that you're actually training people, it's a whole nother level because you're going to hold people accountable to us to a certain regimen for them to see results. I think fitness is interesting because what you put in is what you get. Yeah. You know, if you put in this amount of work, uh, if you bench uh, 200, 250 pounds, that's real strength gains, which will yeah. result in real uh, physical gains. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the case in business because mm. it may or may not, like the effort does not necessarily translate to necessarily translate to real results, right? Immediate results rather. So fitness was always a, was always a backbone. It was always an anchor. So mm. it's easy for me to teach it to people because yeah. I knew that all they needed to do was go through the process. And the results were in your body, bro. I mean, how can they not say, ah, they, this guy cannot teach me fitness? I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I know how to get certain sure. results, right? For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At that point, so this is a early hustle. How did it be then? What were the next things well, you did? Uh, on, on the way to the parking, I, I found out something about you. Uh, you were in the bouncer business. Like, what? I did not know this about you, bro. Yeah, I ran a small like uh, nightclub security business. Wow. And uh, because we were talking about uh, party file and you used to handle front of house. So yeah. I had a small little business of, I uh, think, well, less than 10 security. Okay. But we used to manage bars and uh, Zoo? Like private, and all these? No, not so big. It was like okay. small independent In uh, bars. Uh, Boat Key, actually. Oh. Boat Key and a few other places. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how, how was that experience? Because, again, I always credit the nightlife experience. Shout out Stephen Koo. I know you're not hearing this, but I know you're up there. But nightlife forged my ability to give me certain skill stacks mm -hmm. that I still use that. Number one, um, it just taught me how to socialize anywhere. I don't care what room it is. I feel like I can own that room because in a club, that's what you do, right? Number two, your ability to just socialize and get things done and be likable. Yeah. If you can't do that in the club, you're not going to thrive in a boardroom, right? Yeah. And naturally, you have to be able to do that. And number three, it's just the stamina of being able to show up the next day because if you go to the club every fucking day, you're going to feel like shit every single time because it's exhausting work. And especially when John is talking about front of house, this is people in other certainties. It's, they call it the door bitch. All right. And he, that's one of the most stressful environments you're going to be in because people would want to come in. Egos are going to be in play. Yep. And people always feel like, ah, I'm a VIP. Let me in. Okay. So what was that like? Uh, in terms of experience and how so, that forged So you. I think two points that you brought up uh, really resonate with me. One is uh, being able to relate to people yeah. and uh, handle difficult uh, customers or people, right? Because yeah. a lot of the time we'd have to turn people away, just like yeah. you had to turn people away because you're at capacity. You have to let people... Or you're wearing sleepers. Mm -hmm. Maybe, or, okay. yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but you, you do it professionally and you do it uh, well, right? Without crass. And uh, it was interesting because the clubs that I was managing, they were largely expat community. So, uh, so it was a very international crowd. And I got to be exposed to very high-level people, although they were in a very ineb inebriated state of mind, of right? Course. So whatever, right. which made it even more fun. challenging. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was good. It was good. It, it taught me how to, how to uh, handle myself. It was my first step in uh, handling myself with an international community in some way. And I think the being tired was uh, the uh, really pushing yourself and, and uh, hustling, right? I held both gigs concurrently. So I was the personal trading gig. 
Then I moved on to set up several gyms of my own. And I ran this business at night. So like when I started- Are your out, instructors the same bouncers or what no, was that? Okay. No, no, no. What, someone from the gym, like he was a sales manager. Okay. He was one of my bouncers. Okay. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Guy lived a double life. Yeah, me too, okay. me too. Like uh, it was tough because uh, because like after bouncing, I'd have to, like I might have only four hours right. uh, gap. So right. I'd go to the gym and I'd just oh sleep at a staircase. Holy shit. Are those, you were, those were the old days, yeah. Wow. So I'm pretty used to the hard life. Oh my God, that's amazing. No. Okay, after the bouncing life, right? Um, walk me through the next steps of obviously this is entrepreneurship already. This was entrepreneurship uh, already, yeah. What was that version of you like as an entrepreneur? Uh, I think uh, young, brave, foolish, you know. Uh, <laughs> but you think, out, scary, intimidating. Yeah, you, you mm. think you can do it all. Oh. I, I think that's something that I've learned uh, to like the negative part of it, I've learned to rein in. Did that for almost a decade. And then I made a foray into tech, uh, marketing technology, largely with, because I was a software developer by training, right? I did not know this. You, you were know. a dev. Yeah, I was a dev. What? <laughs> I was a dev. Wow. Yeah. So um, there was a company that I engaged uh, right. me uh, to run strategy, uh, right. st strategic marketing actually for Southeast Asia. Glambia, they are optimum nutrition. Okay. Uh, so we built a social social platform for them where we ran a large transformation campaign. Mm. Uh, what year was this? Like early 2010s? 20, Mid early 2010s. Uh, social, 20, if you're talking social 20, networks, that yes, was the Facebook vibe. I think, oh, thereabouts. Wow. Yeah, 14. Okay. Yeah, very early. Okay. Very early. So uh, obviously way before they became meta and you know what right. they are now, right? Right. They were just on the upswing. So the uh, the competition would uh, transformation was one. So people lost weight or gained muscle or you know improve in their sports. Mm. And then we built a social platform where people had to get on it mm. and then interact on it. They would be they would be rewarded based on the engagement they would push out, right? So that was that was a good push. From that tech project, I I went into a few others, and then uh, one of the key ones was education technology, where we built uh, ad tech solutions, ad tech edutech wow. solutions for banks and whatnot. And I've been running that for all the way up to last year. So that's been this a, is the time when I met you. This was the time when you met me. Nice. Yeah. So, so uh, that's what I want to understand because there's a big transition for that. Obviously, you had a tech background, though you weren't really using it back then when you were in the right the fitness business at the very end at the very start and you also did the nightlife business but now when you're fully into your element that okay mm -hmm. there's an opportunity that you can thrive on it's what you actually were trained for as a dev right how did you then build the several things that I, i'm very very curious of the next skill sets or the skill stacks that you built because you can't be coming in with the same thing some things carry over Mm -hmm. But there's another layer that you're going to have to unlock for sure that you had to have to learn. And several things. Another thing is you cannot do this alone anymore. I mean, you you, didn't, you weren't really alone when you had the bouncers, but you got to surround yourself with different sets of people as well. What yeah. was that like? So I think uh, this is more relevant uh, later in my journey after after these two points. But I think as as I progress in my career, uh, one thing I was able to do better and better was being able to join the dots. Because as you as you gain perspective in certain areas, like fitness, probably less relevant, but fitness fitness was just a good transition into, into fitness marketing because 
that uh, that that position with Optimal Nutrition was a marketing position, right? Yeah. So uh, it was just a parallel because I was in the right space. Yeah. More so than anything else. And I had a tech background. Yeah. At that time, I had some marketing background, but only as a small business owner. So this was a, this was a step up. Got it. Uh, but then as I got more projects, and uh, obviously I've worked with, uh, with uh, our mutual friend, Stephen Koo, who yep. was, uh, we had, we rest in peace, and I'm actually here for his uh, thing on Monday. But uh, we set up a joint venture, Eventscape uh, Asia, Singapore, uh, as well as I could channels in Singapore. That was uh, that was also uh, um, marketing, uh, well, an activations agency and a digital agency. So that that those experiences owning these businesses or or being a part of these businesses added even more perspective to what I had in my repertoire. And as I went along, I added more and more little dots. Got it. Data points, as we call it, as you right. know, as we say in tech, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, now being able to infer them all together allows me to to create a better output for whatever business or, or, or whatever consulting gig or whatever I want to do. It's been interesting. I think... I think a lot of people have a fear that you have to go a straight line and specialize, mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think that that's the only way. Got it. How about the team? Uh, how did you build through the team? Because I'll just describe this. I come through John, and I, by the way, I love Singapore. It's been forever since I've last been there. It's been four years. That's an eternity. For, the, for a stretch of 2013 all the way to 2019, there was never a year that I didn't go to Singapore at least twice. My, my average was at least three to four a year. So once a quarter, I'm always in Singapore. And now it's been four years, bro. I, haven't, yeah, I need my time. bakute. I need my chicken I got rice something for you. <laughs> But dude, here's the thing though. At the end of the day, when I go to your office, you have a whole floor all to yourself. And it's just the best freaking experience I've had in Singapore. Hands down. Right? My first IKEA experience because of you. Oh, thank and you. Before you even fucking had IKEA here now. Okay. It's not, not a big deal. Our stuff in the studio is from IKEA. But I took pride bringing home IKEA shit because I came from Singapore every time back then in 2016, 2017, 2018. Mm. Like, ah, I have a shoehorn from IKEA. I'm gonna flex this up, right? <laughs> Didn't make sense. But now I was like, oh shit, it's just another shoehorn. But uh, what I'm talking about here, John, is you had an amazing place mm -hmm. and you had an amazing team every single time. And you didn't know this. But every single time, and I was just starting out, what, I have a two, three-man team. I never had an office at that point. My first office, I've had it. Imagine I started 2013. My own office, which is like a 20-square-meter office, I had that in 2017. So it's officeless. I took so much pride. But you were my standard of what I wanted an office because number one, it's open space. There's It looks so much fun. There's a pool table. There's a freaking... So much shit to do. And your team looked so focused when I was there. Maybe I don't know if that was just for me, but I looked, I, I, I think they're really focused and they looked like they were having fun every single time. How did you build the team that allowed you to be able to work on all these uh, projects? And these were all product slash service projects, right, John? So it's a little bit of a consulting mix and you're building products yeah. with a service component. Yeah, I would say, especially the tech products, uh, there is a SaaS. Uh, it's ultimately a tech product, but it needs to be supported by human uh, yeah. support, right? So yeah. so if they need new features or they need uh, 
um, uh, customer support, et cetera. Yeah. Clients would outsource that to us and it'll just be part mm -hmm. of the retainer. So, um, and then of course, there's the agency business and uh, agency business is pure service. Uh, we built uh, this product called the Insiders. Uh, mm -hmm. That was a MarTech solution. We had customers, uh, we had brands like HSBC on it. Wow. Uh, so that was good fun. Uh, the, the concept behind it was we would create a key opinion leader okay. uh, network where we would provide them with very special experiences like, say, cooking classes, uh, ah, uh, the flying thing. thing. You remember, you remember. And we built the app for that as well. So I've, wow. I've, I've done MarTech for a long time as well. Wow. Well, what's the team? How did you build a team? Um, it starts okay. So it starts. It starts very opportunity based, right? Like okay. you know, you you and I, we know uh, when things happen, they happen fast. Um, when there's an opportunity, you take it. Yeah. I built uh, when when I started getting contracts up. Uh, we took on, of course, we had some full timers, yeah. but you need to take on some contract based workers as well to take on the additional load, and then you build up slowly as you're able to sustain that demand, right? As the demand it becomes uh, more consistent. Mm. That's the right word. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but I think the team, I was blessed to have a good team. I think uh, throughout my career, I've had mm. uh, good people with me. So I was always blessed to have a very good team um, as uh, from, the, from the security business to the fitness business to the tech businesses to the to the marketing businesses, uh, a lot of the people who were with me, they stayed with me. And then uh, obviously when we set up the joint ventures, we had we had very talented people from Eventscape Manila, people like uh, Briggs, Dex, Stephanie, Mari, et cetera. So shout out to you guys, it's been a while and I'll see you soon. But, uh, but I think the people really make the team, yeah. you know. Um, the founder can drive it, but the people do do really make the team, uh, whether they're partners or whether they're employees or whatnot. And my last question before we take our first break, because I never actually got to ask you this ever. You were a solo founder, were you? I was a solo founder, yes. Dude, that's so fucking hard. Um, <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you heard it from the man. Don't so do it. <laughs> that's what I wanted to find out, but let's talk about that after the break when yes. we talk about that. You know, what's the pros and cons and Tell us what happened to the, the, the business, right? I mean, it, uh, you've seen the peak and man, holy shit, it was so good. But again, ultimately, unfortunately, it failed. And we'll, we'll talk about how that, that works and how that, that happened, what are the lessons there. And we'll also jump off, of, obviously, of what's it like, the, the trials and tribulations of a solo founder. Yes, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we'll consider it failed. I think it's more of... Uh, uh, walking away when it's time to leave. There, you know. So okay. I think uh, I think it's I think it's important as a founder to know when to walk away. Yep, draw the line. But let's talk line. about that more, more after the break. After this break. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey Hustlers, have you struggled to find authentic branded products in the Philippines online and offline? I get it, and I have good news for you Hustlers, because Shoppable Business has got you covered. Shoppable Business is a Filipino-owned marketplace founded right here in the Philippines with a vision to digitize the procurement process, making authentic branded products accessible to everyone. Shoppable Business's goal is to make e-commerce better, build trust, and be more accessible for you. Offering the best prices, faster shipping, top-notch selection, and unmatched product authenticity all at your fingertips. And I personally would vouch for them because we were able to build and assemble our studio in Podcast Network Asia just because of Shoppable. And without them, we would have taken forever to assemble that studio. Because of them, we have a world-class podcast studio. So discover exclusive deals at Shoppable Business today and enjoy 5,000 pesos off with a minimum of 50,000 pesos purchase and 30-day credit terms for buyers. Sellers can also start for free and earn zero commissions on their first 500,000 pesos in sales. So just go to shoppable.ph and mention that you came from HustleShare so you can get the discount. Again, just go to shoppable.ph. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We are still with Jonathan Chu then told us uh, the, the hustle he had to go through. And again, the peak of how he was able to get all these clients. But again, the reason why I have John Chu today is because there's not a lot of people who have the balls to even talk about their struggles and their failures, however big or small that is. And John's here to really talk about the trade-offs and what, what, what's its, what startup life is really worth. Okay, so I, 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 that's a little vague, but we'll discuss that and drill that deep down. And we'll start off by being a solo founder. So I've been a solo founder. But we'll discuss mm. Party file, I was obviously solo. I've had people like Steven and whatnot. Mm. They're there on the sidelines. But they're not operational. It's not the same. They're not in the dit- yeah. They're not in the trenches. Chatbot PH, same. I mean, they've had JC, so shout out to them. Steven also helped me fund the team at the start. Mm-hmm. But who's at the trench? 
it's me. Yeah. So there's people that you can advice get advice from, but this is the only time where I actually have a co-founder that's down there in the trenches. So shout out Joe to to Attorney Joseph Acuna, who who is uh my co-founder. And now I'm not alone in yeah. the trench. And then several ones like Ivy and everybody else. I'm about to start singing. Yeah. We're, 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 Michael we're, Jackson. <laughs> but down there, it's really, it's a lonely road. When, yeah. Even when it's, when things are high, it's fun. But, and it's also incredibly depressing and lonely when it's, it's um, I want to understand, John, Based on your opinion, what are the pros and cons of being a solo founder? Well, the pros are pretty obvious, right? Uh, the pros are you. Your opinion is the only opinion that matters. Your uh, the pros are pretty obvious, right? Uh, control. Con- well, control operationally. Operational control. You, your your voice is what matters. You get to make the decision. You get to push whatever agenda that you want. But that's about it, man. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, okay, what are the concepts? Operational control okay. versus... Versus the risk is all yours, right? The financial burden of the entire team and yourself. It's yep. all you, man. Yep. So that's one. Uh, number two, you don't have uh, someone else to bounce off. Perspective. You know, perspective. Uh, you could have advisors, but what's it's different. good... It's different. What good are advisors who come in from time to time with your brief, the brief that you filtered and gave them, or they look at your numbers and it's just very superficial as an advisor uh, who spends uh, two to four hours, 10 hours a month on your project. How much can they really help you? Not much. And then number three, from an emotional perspective, you are... You could have people give you money if you raise an angel round or you raise a pre-series A or, or so on, uh, which I've been through these rounds before. But uh, with that, with those funds, uh, that comes with expectations, number one, okay? Yep. And uh, that's if you're non-operational and they're not in the business, you're just like any other advisor. They're not really adding value. They don't care, right? I mean... Yeah. Uh, they have nothing to lose. They have all their money to lose. And yes. they remind that remind you every time you meet. Correct. But, but they want their returns. Yep. But they're not in the trenches with you. And, and yes, yes. And that that the, the the pros again. I'm not saying not being a solo founder is wrong. I've, I've lived that life. John has lived that life. But it's almost inevitable, and it's inevitable, hundred almost hundred percent, that shit's gonna hit the fan. Mm. And then when shit hits the fan, that's when you need that extra hand to go far mm. because when you get knocked down and you're alone nobody's gonna pull you up right and there's there's gonna be people you're gonna not don't get me wrong there's gonna be people that's gonna be willing to help but if somebody's got your back with you down there you're gonna have a better chance of at least surviving yeah. and yeah. Then not I, going to the ditch yeah i mean i've been through a few phases where i was lucky to have uh people come on board to help me we had a partner invest uh, later in the game for uh, my company, and he was very active for a period of time. But you know, this is uh, startup life is hard, right? Not not everyone's suited for it long term. If they come in, they 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 come in for a year and then they're out, for example, or they can't be active anymore. Rather, not out, but not not active on the trenches anymore. You really feel it, man. 
you really feel it because that support that you were counting on is no longer there. And that really sucks. Not just sucks. It's just, you feel very alone. And yes. even if you have a co-founder, you still feel that. What more if you're alone? Now, that that's what I want to jump off of. Yeah. Um, you obviously ran this. You put this. You were thriving. I was, uh, I had a good run. And then the tide turned. Walk me through what happened during that time when you said that you should have pulled out early and what are the learnings that you got? And lastly, we'll talk about later. What's the what's the trade-off? What's the emotional founder toll that it took you and how how bad was the place that you went through? But let's talk about that first. Let's just explain that downturn because everybody's feeling that now. I don't care what industry you're in. I'm feeling it. I'm right in the thick of this. And this is where I'm super grateful. I have Joseph and I have Ivy and I have Mike to, to walk me through because I would have died months ago and created that same mistake that happened when Party File died if, if, if I didn't have them there. But walk me through this, John. So I think for me, the turning point was, what, 2018? Uh, tech had a good run, uh, I would say. Tech had a good run uh, in the early 2010s, like during the, the Facebook rush and, and, and all of that, right? It had a good, really good run. Uh, margins were good then. And uh, things just started to shift because your Upwork came along, your whatever, all the freelancers came along and people were willing to pay, uh, were willing to accept a lower quality for a lot less money. And uh, margins and contracts just just started to be impacted. And, uh, and I think as a solo founder, one of the mistakes that I made was I wasn't I wasn't as prepared as I could be. Like now, if I was a solo founder and did the and I could turn back time, I would obviously anticipate those mistakes. But hindsight's always 2020, right? Obviously. You know, so um and the MBA helps too. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> yes. I'll get to that uh, yes. later. But I think uh when the contract started to shrink, what I should have done was give everyone nice packages, you know. Uh, enough time to move on and find something to do, you know, as I did later in my career in the last few years, uh, as I as I became a lot more cognizant of looking after people who moved on, right? Uh, which I, unfortunately I wasn't able to during that crash in 2018 because I needed to make a sudden cut and it wasn't something I saw coming. That's a leadership failure. Right. And, and that's something I'll always remember. Yeah. And that hurts. That that hurt me. Yeah. I, I took me I don't think I recovered from that until recently, honestly. Like psychologically, I don't think I recovered from that. Yeah. yeah <sighs> same. Same. Yeah. I, I, I went through that three times now. Uh yeah. Party pile. And the, the last time I did that, it was the end. So that's the fucking worst. Because when mm -hmm. you did that and it was the end, the worst, the darkest place is that. The second time was yep. chatbot BH after the acquisition. Uh, Sterling pulled the plug. Though, okay, it's no longer mine, but still, I'm still the guy that's like, sorry guys, it, it's not my call. Still sucked. But recently, we also made cuts in Podcast Network Asia because mm -hmm. it's the same thing. I didn't foresee certain things that we're going to have. So um, we had to make sure that we downsized to give ourselves a better chance or succeed. Good thing we were able to catch it when we still had a chance yes. to bounce back. Yes. And that, again, is an attribute that I wouldn't have done alone if I was then. Because I would have done exactly what you did. Mm. Hope that, yeah, there will be a better day. Yeah. We will, we're all in this together. 
we can it's, make it's, it through. Yeah, it's so hard because uh, as a like you you've seen my old setup. Uh, yeah. It was a family setup almost, yep. right? Like uh, we go for meals together. Yep. We uh, like we had bunk beds in the office and all that chicken kind of chop. stuff. I like if the they wanted to stay chop, over, right. they can. But pool tables and whatnot, right? So it yeah. was it was it, everything was a very family kind of. We're all close, right? Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the founder is the founder. The business is the business. The employees individually, they are the employees. They are. We're all different people. We're all different entities. The company stands alone. The company won't love you. It's emotionless. It's emotionless. You can give it all you want, but it won't give you that love back, right? And uh, ultimately, as a founder, you need to detach yourself from the company. That's something that, uh, at least that's what works for me. Like, this is my company, this is my business. But if it doesn't, or it's starting to not go the right way, just non-emotionally as you can. Of course, you will be because it is your baby, yeah. you, you know. But um, try to take emotions out of work and uh, look at it objectively. Make a little bit less. If it really doesn't make sense, then you should close the business. If uh, you can keep it going and make a small profit while scaling it down with a smaller team, do that and make sure you look after your people on the way out. You know, and maybe you can use them again, you know, like a lot of these new ventures that I'm working on. They're with my former teams because I maintain that relationship with them. That's amazing. But all right, let's just before we talk about, of course, the, the new beginning that you, you put in. One last question. What are the biggest lessons that you took out of this? Because, again, in failure, again, some people take time to bounce back. Um some people are able to recover right away. We all have, and just like success, there's no straight path, right? People take time. People take whatever means necessary for them to be able to bounce back. For you, John, um, what are the main learnings that you've done? Because again, you had a hell of a run. And at the end of the day, nobody can take that away from you. Those wins are indelible in, in, in your soul as the failures are also. But overall, if you're able to really put that into perspective, those are going to be wins, right? Um, what are the learnings that you took out of this? Obviously, hindsight, it took you a while because when, when we, 2019, when we first met, you're, you're, you're in a different place, I remember. Right? Yeah, I wasn't uh, in a good space. Right. Um, he wasn't fat, by the way, so I don't know what he's talking about. He's still not oh, chilling okay. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah, didn't lose weight either. I crashed right, after. Right? But yeah, so what, what I'm talking about is, yeah, what are these things that, that hindsight just... I, I resonate so much, man. Yep. Party file, there's some shit that I just like, no, I, I wouldn't have done this. That's why now I'm different. Chatbot, until now, it's always a learning journey. You're always going to be a virgin student, a, a, a fresh founder on something because there's uncharted territory that you unlock. And unfortunately, majority of the time, you're going to fall into a ditch. And the only time to go back is either you... You step back and really, and then put that into perspective. It was fatal. And if you're lucky enough to to pivot, then good for you. But what are those lessons that you took from here? Well, I think uh, first thing is watch the optimism. Watch the optimism and watch the hubris. Hubris is always fatal. It is fatal. I'll touch on both because there are positives to both things, right? Right. So... The, the negative to optimism is delusion, yeah. right? Because you, 
believe, like I, in pre-2018, I would always believe that no matter how bad things were, there will be something on the horizon that would save yep. me and take me to the next level. And that's that's just arrogance on the next <laughs> level, dude. <laughs> or just foolish, right? Yeah. Because uh, you, you talk about this, bro, because we've seen the end. Yeah. Both. We've seen how ugly it can be. So I agree because yes, it's always great to be optimistic. But at the flip side, you should know that there's a real danger that you're driving this whole fucking thing to, to the cliff. Yeah. So I wish uh, I took my MBA sooner mm. because this uh, executive MBA that I'm completing, and we can talk about that later, mm. um, really helped put perspective. Like, you know, mm. looking at your average weighted cost of capital, you know, your uh, rate of return, whatever, all these things which I... I learned the hard way by losing yeah. money. <laughs> not just your money too. Uh, yeah, not just my money too, you yeah. know. Uh, and now I know, you know, I, I, I could do so much more. In fact, I've done better for businesses that I don't own because I'm not emotional about it, which is brings to my next point. Okay. Try to minimize the negative emotions. So hard to do. So hard to do, yeah. right? No. Yeah, it's hard. Try to minimize your negative emotions towards your business because a lot of the times it's your emotions that are hurting the business. Okay. You know, like when I come in as a independent consultant and I help businesses, yeah. I see myself in them. Yeah. And or I'm phases like, of you at a certain phases, time. Phases of me. Like, oh, that was 2018 me right there. Exactly. Right? And 2020 I, me right there. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you, you, you're doing this. You're making this negative call. Yeah. Not a bad decision because of this. And I, I'm blessed in a way because I'm able to relate my experience to them in a way they could. They wouldn't find offended because I've been there. And I, I'm able to tell them, I know you're doing this because you're feeling this way. Or I just validate it with questions instead of telling them, yeah. right? Whichever. Because people have, again, it's just like being a man. As founders, we're so used to not showing emotion, not being vulnerable because it makes you look weak. But there are circles that you should have as founders, like you, like you and me. I can be fucking comfortable with you. And you've seen me in the downest of dumps before, right? And you've seen me win, right? Both, both flip sides. That, you know, you need to be able to have uh, people like that. And that's why we created Founders Only. So I, that's my segue right there. Nice. <laughs> if you, you, you want to have, uh, again, the little um, community that one, you want to you know you can be vulnerable without judgment, that's what Founders Only. So check it out on the Hustle Share podcast and YouTube. You, you've just launched it by this time nice. when this comes out. But yeah, John, at, at that point, right, you, there's hubris of people not being able to come clean. But deep inside, I'm pretty sure it's eating them. Knowing what you know now and seeing yourself in different phases of you and other people. Because right now, John is doing consulting. He's still doing founder-level work, but he's not the founder. He guides founders how to be founders. What, what a nice gig to do, right? When you're giving advice to people that you see yourself in, in phases, other than, of course, a strategic advice, how do you cut through through the founder so that they can listen? Or at least you can give them foresight that, yo, what you're doing, you're either going to go here or here or here. Yeah, um, so it's actually quite a challenge. The founders that we work with tend to be successful to a certain point, but they come to, they need help because they can't take it to the next level. Right. 
So they've achieved a certain amount of success. Therefore, they have rightly, rightly earned a certain amount of pride in themselves. In order to convince them, Data has been my best friend. So like, uh, I've always been a big fan of data, you know, especially data visualization. Well, everything data actually, but data visualization <laughs> for consulting is really good because you can put this on Tableau, right? And yeah. you can in real time show them, if you take this scenario, uh, if you'd go this route, this is like, this is a possibility of what's going to happen. You can forecast it out. And you can forecast it out. Uh, versus if you took your nine products that you're selling and six of them are not really making money. In fact, they're losing money. And you took away and focused on only three. This is how much you'd make instead. Exactly. What do you think we should do? Sir, <laughs> no, and that's true. And I, I just went through that route again. Podcast Network Asia. And I told you this on the way here, right? We had to really focus on where is our path to profitability. Why is profitability our path? Because in this day and age, where VC funding is dry, your only chance for survival is profit. That's the only way. Inevitably, it will turn. The question is when, and are you still around when that happens? So you need to drive through profit and cut the fat, even if it hurts, right? Letting go of shows in order to find a way to get the money and double down if you see that yeah. path, if so, it's clear. Yeah. So I, I really like what you said there uh, with regards to the keeping lean, keeping profitable. I think gone are the days of uh, what, 20, 2014, 20 to 2017, where tech investors were super bullish. They would put in money into anything. And then after which you had a crypto boom yep. where, you know, if you're going to ICO, you could, you could, you could raise yeah. a million bucks. Um, but I think, first of all, to be relying on external sources of income or funds, right? It's just generally bad practice. If you don't have a good profitable business at zero to one, you are you're scaling putting your, the problem. Also. You're scaling the problem as well. Of course, there are people who have done this successfully, and uh, there is still a chance that you could be the next open AI. Hey, oh, okay, they raised money. Bad example, but uh, and, <laughs> Dude, they're, and they're going to be profitable very soon. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Their income's going to exceed yeah. Facebook next year. Yeah, projected, right? So they're right. they're bad example, but. <laughs> But I mean, like, uh, like your Grabs, your Amazons. Uh, well, we Grab. Okay, let's talk about Amazons. Amazons, uh, different case. They're stronger financially. But uh, say, and Grab. that's a classic example of a, a a a unique solo founder that figured it out. Jeff he had Bezos. his wife. Yeah. Okay. He, he, they they claim he's a solo founder, but no. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Mackenzie is, is is killing it now too. So they're they're both well off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but funny story actually. I know someone who uh, knew Jeff Bezos when he used to buy secondhand books. Oh shit. From the bookstores. Wow. Like he would buy them and carry them out himself. Wow. So, so there are these stories, but you see the problem is we are as founders we we have been. We, we're sold this dream that anyone can be a Jeff Bezos. Do you know how many Jeff Bezos there are in the world? One. One. And there are, what, how many billion people in the world? 60? I don't know. Something? Hundreds? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I think China. That's uh, 60 yeah. billion in China or yeah. India or Some, combined. Or this, I know it's six something. What is right. 60 or 6 billion yeah. or whatever it is. But the point is, the point is, uh, 
what's the level of success? What's a realistic level of success? Yeah. Um, I think uh, evaluate what you want and then and then go for it, right? Like, yeah. and uh, if you want the Jeff Bezos route, mm. uh, that means you probably have to leverage yourself heavier. Um, but that's a risky route to take. Absolutely. You know, versus the lean route, make money as you go. All right, sounds good. Now, last question before we take our last break and talk about AI and do a deep dive because that's what she's doing now. And again, super happy because AI is always the common denominator between the two of us. That's where we have our best product or uh, startup-driven conversations. But I want to then ask, John, of course, coming from a bad place, losing a startup is always dark. Took me a while. I, I, I really got lucky with Chatbot BH. But you knew you knew how I struggled that, on that one too. In Hong Kong with Stephen and whatnot. That was a rough patch. And I got lucky the end of 2017 to 2018. Uh, and that was my best couple of years running Chatbot. And in 2019, I, was, I started uh, Hustle Share. How did you get out? And what was the phases that you also had to take? And along this way, what are the new learnings that you, you found out about yourself? Well, I think I've been, um, for me, when we had, uh, in 2018, when things started to shift and accounts uh, started to shrink, I fought the good fight and uh, pivoted my product, uh, turned in more SaaS. Uh, gave it your best, man. Gave it my best. Uh, we made some money towards the later part, uh, towards the later end of the year, but uh, later years, right? Over, even through COVID. But it just became... It just wasn't worth it anymore, if it makes any sense, because it's a lot of uh, work and I felt like I was shrinking because I wasn't able to take myself out and grow anymore, but rather I became more and more focused on the business, which was which was limiting my perspective, really. And uh, I had a similar discussion with a friend of mine who's also a founder and we went out in Singapore one one night, right? Yeah. And we were like, why is it that we don't know this happened? Like, have we been so immersed and engrossed <laughs> in our business that we don't even know what's happening in the city? You, you were know? in a rabbit hole, man. We, we were very much in a rabbit hole. So you, you'd want to watch out for that. But I think, as you know, uh, a big uh, reason why I decided to move on was because a important person in my life passed on, and that's Stephen. Uh, and when he passed on, Stephen was my business partner in the events business yep. and uh, and marketing business. I thought, you know, I think it's about time for me to to step away. So while my company is still open because we are responsible business owners and we maintain our SaaS contracts because this is ultimately a tech product. Yep. So we maintain and we service our clients. Uh, what I did was uh, ensure that my team had enough uh had a place to go, you know, and uh, and scale down the team so that we 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 had a reasonable cost that was able to run all the way until the end of co uh, of the various contracts, which will likely conclude in twenty twenty four. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Now, and and that said, that ability to to step away. And again, last question. I said I know it's the last question, but one more. At this point now, and this is we've been talking about this back and forth. Uh, over the past couple of months, we've been see we're chatting each other, with each other, and all the way here. Where how how did that change your perspective to the point where, you know, because we over glamorize the power of being an entrepreneur, right? Versus that, oh my God, being entrepreneur is uh, you're 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 king. You can be whatever. 
But in the uh, just like what I said in the 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 trailer of Founders Only, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? It's it's not easy, and not everybody can bear that cross every time or that that crown on their head, because you also have the target on 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 your back every single time. But when you really remove it, is entrepreneurship worth it? Or you can, can you have that same kick and that same gratification, being a consultant or even being an employee? What was that perspective for you? So I think uh, entrepreneurship is so so glamorized, uh, especially in the entrepreneurship community, right? Especially in startups, bro. Especially in startups, right? <laughs> and um, and uh, one thing I would caution against, I wouldn't say warn, but caution, uh, is it comes with a fair bit of pain. You, are, you if you're doing well, you 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 have the glamour, you have the power, you have the autonomy, uh, and you have the money, right? Because you're doing well. So it's great. And the fame and every, everything else that comes with it. And all the good stuff that comes with it. If you raise money. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I mean, you can, you some, can, some. you can, okay, you can still, a, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But, uh, the flip side is, but the flip side is you also hold all the responsibility, yep. all the downside. You have the crown. Yes. Uh, when times aren't as good, yeah. uh, you would be the last to eat if you eat at all. Yeah. Uh, you and might you go even. down with the ship. Yeah, or you might cut off your flesh to feed the ship, right? Yeah. You know, so that's uh, that's something that's something that I think takes a takes a, a special type of person to to understand or fully appreciate. But of course, if you have a good consultant like me, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love the <laughs> I love the plug. That's when you know you're uh, a real one. But oh, but but okay. To 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 the point though. Now, uh, don't uh, I don't I don't think employees are any less than employ uh, than 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 founders, honestly, because it's a hard hustle too. Like you have to work with politics. You have to learn how to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You have to learn when to toe the line, how much to push, mm -hmm. to still get things done. But you don't sleep with the problem. You don't sleep with the problem. So the the upside is you, at very minimal, you get your base pay. Right. If your team Whatever well. you do, whether you sucked or whatnot, until uh, maybe if uh, worst case you get fired. Yeah. Um, but you're still going to get paid. And you're still going to get paid, right? And I, and sometimes it's not fair because of politics, right? You might yeah. have, have been the star performer, but your boss doesn't like you. Yeah. And then that kind of screws your your progression, mm -hmm. your bonus, your review, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're, if you're telling me that a CMO of Unilever is not working hard, nah. I would say nah. They probably work harder. They probably work at least as hard. Yeah. At least as hard. And it's so 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 much of a push for them to climb all the way up, like uh, Satya, right? To climb to the top yeah. of Microsoft. Can you imagine that corporate battle? Like he, he's as tough as any entrepreneur, Man. I tell you. Nope. Yeah. I, don't, I, I can't even do that because I don't like bureaucracy. So that's yeah. why I like to carve my own path. But to just sum this up, right? Entrepreneurship versus employment. It's just really a, a matter of risk appetite. Yeah. You're still going to get stress either way. Stress. And also the second thing is, I don't care what you're doing. If you really want to thrive as an entrepreneur or as an employee, the bare minimum is hard work. Now, okay, in, on, in employment, you'll, you'll still get to rake some, some payments, cut checks. But again, the harder you work, or again, also there's a lot of things that will have to come into play. The... the the luckier you'll get. But it's not 
a, a, a measure of, oh, I, I worked harder than you because there's so many other layers on top of yes. that that would determine the, the success. But the bare minimum to even get progress is hard fucking work. In entrepreneurship, for sure. I think in entrepreneurship, for sure. In uh, employment, if you want to be mediocre. That's sure, okay too, you, by the way. That's, 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 actually, that's actually okay. That's actually yeah. okay. Uh, and get your base pay. Yeah. You can probably get by. But the leaders, employee leaders, mm -hmm. the people that really progress, the stars of each organization, they I'd say them. they push as hard as they hustle. As I, they hustle. There. The only difference is, again, they don't have the heavy head with the crown. They carry some of it. They sell some of the jewels, they have it. Yeah. But the crown is on the fucking founder. All right, now let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will talk about the new version of consultant Jonathan Chu and the stuff that he's been doing. Again, because this is now a very good version, how he was able to then diversify and solidify this new thing and the stuff that he's doing. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. 20 hey Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. DragonPay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit DragonPay is. DragonPay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And 
we're back from the break, we are still with Jonathan Chu, who is now unfrozen from our recording. Unfrozen. He froze because of the AC and the thunderstorm. So if you are hearing thunder, the Philippines is just a thunderstorm country right now. So yeah, unfortunately, we can't buffer that out. So just bear with us. Just so you know that we are outside in the outside world too. All right. Now, John, before we took our our break, you, you then bravely gave us the lowdown of the learnings that you, you have. But I want to understand um, one thing, right? Now you're in this uh, new path. How mm. did you determine that this is what you wanted to do? Because here's what people always like to, to do when they fail in their business. Yeah. Or they have a massive setback. Mm. They want instant redemption. Majority of the time. Oh, yeah. Did you have that phase and how did you de- determine this path that you wanted to do? Because yeah. like for me, party file chatbot, that was a... A few months apart, I got lucky, and you know this, right? I don't know. You worked hard. You worked hard. Yeah, but there's luck there. There is luck, right? There's and again, the lucky, the harder you work, the luckier you get. But But, sometimes it doesn't correlate, unfortunately. Correct. So again, I was right place at the right time. Chatbots were being made. I owned the domain. I made a great MVP, and I was the first mover, Mm -hmm. and had an opportunity to exit. Mm-hmm. Where everybody else was stri- fighting for survival. A lot of them are doing really well now. But I got to win. Yeah. Right. So it's like, nice. Mama, I got you my house. And that's mm-hmm. all I ever wanted. Yeah. Right. Um, but for you, when you failed, did you have that instant? No, I mean. To like, yeah. Well, well, well yes. 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 So technically, I didn't fail in uh, 2022. I failed in 2018. Okay. Right. And then I fought on. Uh, I mean, we had so many products, right? We had uh, we had Absolute Collective and the education technology products. We had Echo Channels. We had Eventscape. Uh, we had Insiders, which was a marketing technology platform. We had Artsibit, which was an... Oh, I remember this yeah. shit. Yeah. That was amazing, though. <laughs> so, augmented reality, uh, first of its kind, uh, back on uh, AR, AR Core, AR Kit. One of the first apps, right? One of the first movers in that space when all of the AR stuff was new. That was blown away. It was like uh, you're yeah. asking me to fucking scan walls. Yeah, and shit. yeah, it was cool. Right. It was cool, and then you could <laughs> order it, and then it'd be sent to your. It would be sent to your home, right? So, yeah. um, so that was uh, that all. When 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 revenue got scaled back, contract didn't come true. Uh, um, we needed to cut the fat, right? And then we needed to choose what we what uh, we wanted to focus on. So uh, I fought the good fight. I mean, I was looking for redemption in education. We doubled down on the education stack. We fought. Yeah. Uh, but again, I should have walked away. I should have should have said, okay, let's restart this. Walk away. Scale down the business. Make sure it's profitable. Pay back investors. Make sure my entire team gets a good exit. You know the people when you that still had a chance. When I still had a chance, instead of fight the good fight, I should have done that. Done that because that would that would have paid off better for me in the long run. Because the relationships that I would have cultivated from a quality leadership move like that would have would have given me dividends multifold, Absolutely. multifold, Absolutely. multifold. Because when you fail, unfortunately, there's going to be bridges that you can never repair. Right, um, because especially for investors that they lose their money because you're not thinking straight. Correct. Because you're not thinking straight. If you thought straight and you prioritize the important things, you can always go back to these investors again, 
for your next project. Because you didn't fuck their money up. Yes, that's right. Or yeah. your employees, you didn't leave them hanging without, you know, without with like. Nothing. Uh, I mean, if you give someone one month notice, uh, that's not really. I mean, that's the minimum, right? But but that's like, that's like not enough, right? Like, how do you find a job? What happens? What if they have family to look after? What if they're the only breadwinner? You know, that creates a negative uh, view. You know, but if you looked after them, look, I'm gonna. We're going through some problems. We've got a few months left. Yeah. Uh, I want to be honest with you. Still have a chance to actually. Please go look for something. You know, uh, I could only support. Maybe I can. Maybe if you can't get something by month three or four, I'm letting you know in advance. I can only pay you this amount. Right. You know, part time. Maybe you help us part time or whatever. I appreciate you. You're my friend, etc. And you worked for us. Yeah, but you got to take care of you. But you got to take care of you, and I want to mm -hmm. give you a heads up, and not just you know be an unemotionless Microsoft. You're a startup. That's that's the purpose. That's the that's your advantage, right? You can you can help people. You can be personable. That's amazing. Now, at that point, John, again, how did you then carve out the next phase after all these learnings and whatnot? How did that come to coming from full-on founder into helping founders? And why now AI? So why why how did I move to helping founders? I think helping founders was just a good thing for me to do because I had all this experience in you've in, lived that life. I've lived that life, and I and I can foresee what uh, founders uh, potholes that founders would go into. Yeah. But and and founders aren't 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 uh, stupid. In fact, they're very talented people, right? They're extremely talented people. But the the thing about founders is uh, because you're emotionally invested, you may not want to accept it. You might need to hear it from someone else. And it's even better when it's presented to you with data yeah. and someone who knows how to present it to you with data. So consulting just made sense. Uh, I actually took on two CRO roles, chief oh. revenue roles. Uh, one was with uh, IT consultancy. Uh, that one, I was a short-term stint. Uh, so that was six months. I concluded in February, I think. And I have another CRO role with a company called Collabway. Uh, this I'll tell I'll tell you more because this is the AI hustle. There is uh, there are a few other projects. Uh, one one of which is uh, AI content. So helping someone with his personal branding. This is not this is like a small. This is more of a consulting, high level role for a very good friend who has a very senior position. To help him uh, use uh, GPT to create scripts. Mm, nice to generate his content. Uh, consistently with his tone of voice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because not everybody's a natural uh, in, on the mic or on on the behind the keyboard. Yep. You know, people struggle with this shit. Yeah, and as much as uh, GPT and all the other prompt tools like uh, Stability or whatever, right? Uh, the Hugging Face uh, Transformers, whatever. Um, they've they've improved so much by making it accessible via prompts instead of coding. Ultimately, you still need very good prompts. So. Um, most people can't do that, yeah. so uh, that's become something that I I provide to my clients uh, as an automation tool. Yeah. In fact, uh, Collabway, which I mentioned earlier, is essentially an uh, open source hub of specialized prompts mm -hmm. created by experts. So, for example, Ron, you're a podcast expert. If 
I wrote a prompt or a series of prompts because you can't just write one prompt. And I trained a bot versus you wrote a bot or you worked with an expert, like your technical people, right, to write prompts. Your output's going to be far superior to someone who's not in podcast, for sure. So the, the aim here is to work with multiple partners in multiple verticals, bring them in and create one place where all of these problems can be found and used in a single click. Got it. Now, a lot of these things, again, AI is such a rabbit hole and it can be a whole freaking podcast on its own. But John, I just want to zoom in on AI, right? Again, just acknowledging the AI movement and how it can 10x a business or a function. What do you foresee here? And is it even going to be at a point where jobs, I mean, it's inevitable. You've already seen it. Jobs are going to be replaced, but what is the utopian, is it a utopian or a dystopian view that you see with AI rapidly adapting? Because 24 months from now, it can be a, we can be talk, talking about a totally different thing. I might have a guess that's an AI. I don't even know. We'll see. I think there are two schools of people right now. I think uh, one school of people are people like you and me who embrace the movement, acknowledge the be movement. Be part of the wave or be the wave even. Be the wave or be ahead of the wave or ride the wave, right? Like, you know. It's, it's the wave is out. The genie is out of the bottle and it's not going back. <laughs> but it's uh, like Christina Aguilera. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was holding back there, man. <laughs> yeah, I was holding back there, man. So uh, the genie is out of the bottle oh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you'd better be ahead before it hits you one more time. Holy shit. Britney. Bro. So, so I didn't know that we we're going to uh, go this far. Uh, we did, we did, we did. Uh, sorry about that. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah, so so I think um like that certain certain areas uh, people are resisting. They're saying you see a lot of memes online, right? Where they're saying uh, designers would never be outdated because uh, clients would need to be able to give you a brief. People who are resistant to AI are saying people who use AI are lazy. Yep, they're and denying that it's they're there. They're denying that it's there. And and the funny thing is, it's a lot of the people who have the ability are in the position right now, if they move fast, oh. if they move fast, oh. these are the exact people who are in the position because they have subject matter expertise yeah. to lead the way for their industry but they are allowing themselves to fall behind and other people in their industry will embrace it and get, they'll get ahead. And it's such a shame because like marketers, if you get ahead of the wave, you now are leading the pack. You are twice as good. And by the time they react, it's too late. It's too late. Right. It'll now, where late. do you come into the equation here now, knowing that this is the focus that you want to come through? Because you've seen a world where there's no AI. And there's also a world where foundational AI has been there 2017, 2018, when I was doing chatbots. And now yeah. we're on a whole new um, generation of, of generative AI being yeah. able to do amazing things already. And it scares everybody out, right? But I don't think that we're still very early. In what, they don't even have a physical representation yet. Once that, dude, this is this is freaking yeah. Uh, well, gonna it's it, and it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think I think the transformers have really evolved a lot. I mean, transformers been around for uh, about two years at least. GPT three has been, but uh, the early versions of AI, right? Like you can only accept fifty tokens, uh, for example. Now you're you're they're talking about thousands and millions of tokens, right? Yeah. Per per time. So that's why the AIs become so intelligent and so smart. If you look at Alexa from Two years ago, or last year even. Holy shit. Alexa is a comedian. Yeah, uh, well, not <laughs> a very good one. 
Not a very good <laughs> no, one. No, comedian for all the freaking weird shit it yeah. says. And it's so backward that uh, up until last year, uh, uh, Amazon would still be sending you emails and saying, these are the new prompts you can use. And look at what ChatGPT is today. Yeah. And, uh, and it's crazy, right? And um, there's so much you can do because uh, right now, because there's a model like ChatGPT out there, you can actually create your own models and infer on ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. So you could create to mimic the master at a, at a lower cost, yeah. you know, at lower output computing power, et cetera. So this space is just going to change. Uh, I think, the, I think the, the key thing here is practical use of AI. There, it's coming. You can see already some uses of AI, but more and more so you're going to see... Uh, AI being implemented on a day-to-day. -day. Like for example, Ron, uh, if you said, if your Alexa was finally outdated, it's about time, right? And you could tell Alexa that, Alexa, my goal is to lose 10 pounds this month or in the next three months. Yeah. Every day, uh, at different points in the day, mm -hmm. everything synced up, your watch, your Alexa, your whatever, it would just tell you, it would even order your food for you. You know, uh, like that's AI of the future. You know, everything powered by that. Yeah. I think the danger is uh, when will it take over humans completely? I think uh, let's let's worry about it. And it's inevitable. Let's just say it, but not completely. But not completely. Not so completely. Where do, where do the humans come into play here? And is there still a need? And because I think right now there's a shit ton of tools. The same way people still ask pay people now to build websites yeah. in 2023. So people still ask people to. Create me an image when there's a Canva out there, right? Yes, Canva. There's still always going to be someone who needs to bridge the useful, the, these tools of AI yeah. Yeah. to make it work for their use case. Okay. Yeah. How do you ones come in and where do you come into right. play with what you're doing now? Okay. So, so with regards to, uh, say, we we'll use image as an example, right? Yeah. Um, Canva also has an AI generator like Midjourney and uh, Stable Diffusion, but... The thing is this, right? If you want, uh, you generate an image, but you want certain edits to it, you can try to use prompts, but it's actually quicker to create something close and then you use your Photoshop or whatnot to modify. Uh, it's same with copy as well. There's room for high-level human intervention, right? And uh, especially if this high-level human engine uh, uh, intervention is also a good prompt uh, engineer for his domain. You know, so there is a space and I don't think that's going away for a while. And I think it's just going to keep getting higher and higher level. Right now it's problem engineering, but what's next? You know, there's, there's going to be a space and it's still going to be a need for human intervention. I think what's scary is this level of thinking requires a very strong analytical mind, which unfortunately junior, junior, uh, uh, hires or individuals may not yet have because they don't have the multiple data points that us at our level already have because we've been in business and doing it the old school painful way <laughs> yeah, for, for years and years. Yeah, we just have, a, again, a brand new amazing tool that yeah. allows us it's to, a calculator. to 10x. Yeah. <laughs> brand new scientific. It's an iPhone moment all over yeah, again. It right? really like, is. Holy shit, there's a smartphone, that there's a screen that before, yeah. you know, it's the next frontier that allows us to open it. There's going to be a lot of uh, use cases that need to be personalized because as early adopters are able to use it, the next uh, the next batch will be able to do that. The laggards are the ones and they, typically they have the biggest 
um, amount of money uh, to, to to really invest in it, but they're at the tail end because they're not the for, at the forefront of uh, adapting. And I think that's where you come in. But John, and in this phase of your life, obviously, there's not going to be. Well, I'm pretty sure we're going to have conversations again. What what's what makes you tick now? What what's what keeps you growth? Like uh, growth in what aspect? Because again, in in a startup founder's point of growth, it can be shit. I want to hear my hit my ARR, my MRR target, whatever the north star is. But knowing what you know now and how much you've metamorphosized yourself, what is is growth quantifiable? What what, what does that look like? I think uh, I think specifically personal growth. Let me give you a bit of context, right? So, so I've been in an eat, pray, love year where I'm taking my time and uh, trying to find what I want to work on. And uh, during this time, uh, again, uh, again, was triggered by a specific event. But uh, during this time, took on consulting work, uh, which was less uh, emotionally draining than owning a startup of your own and yeah. being active in a startup of your own. But and also took on my MBA. Nice. Um, I'm about four modules in. I would say it's not an easy journey taking your MBA and working at the same time. It's a full time job. It is a full-time job. My evenings are gone. My weekends are gone. Uh, I'm skipping classes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this weekend because I'm in Manila, but typically my weekends are out. So in another four months or so, I'd be back and that's good. But uh, it's been quite a ride uh, taking that MBA. So it's really it's really been about growth over the last, uh, last few months and going forward. Um, whether I'm... Uh, uh, consultant, I continue uh, going forward as, an, as a consultant and work with multiple different businesses. Yeah. Right now, these uh, uh, chief revenue roles where I'm consultant as, uh, they are exciting and I think it will keep my interest for the time being. Uh, and I see potential, especially in collab way. Um, however, um, if a strong role comes along, a full-time position with someone like Stability AI or OpenAI, uh, head of partnerships, head of uh, head of marketing, something where I can flex, something I can use my network, something I can uh, company a strong company that's one of the leaders in the space. Yeah, I mean, I I'd consider it. Yeah. So guys, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you so much, John, for such an amazing episode. Again, we were finally able to get this done. But again, if people want to work with you, where do they go and how do they do that? Well, uh, for AI and revenue strategy and consulting work or anything else uh, in that space, reach out to me at, uh, on LinkedIn at Jonathan Chu or brandrev.co. There you go. Brandrev.co. Again, bro, thank you so much. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And if you see a five-star, give us a five-star. And lastly, if we don't, uh, no, lastly, second only, second only, if you also uh, did say some jargon, I bet we did. It's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if we are, if you're enjoying this, there's a new show that we just dropped. It's going to be in the description box of this episode. It's Founders only, or if you want to check it out on 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 and the podcast app that you have, it's Hustle Share presents Founders Only. But if you want to see the old, the, the best version of it is on YouTube on the Hustle Share podcast channel. Dude, we're we're talking about the the best founder stories. It's basically a sequel to Hustle Share now because I've had so much, and hopefully I can get you there too down the road. But again, please do check out Founders Only on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Again, John, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.